Welcome to podcast episode 182. I'm Stuart McCullough. I'm the CEO of VHAA. And joining me for this week's discussion is Bree Marinia, Workplace Relations Advisor. Welcome, Bree. Thanks, Stuart. Good to be here. Now, as tradition requires, we have a clue which will indicate the subject for today's discussion. And the clue that I have for you today is this book, mm -hmm. uh, Larger Than Life, The History of Boy Bands from uh, a band called Nukatob, which I'm not familiar with, and Batus, who are also I'm, I'm quite unfamiliar with. I don't know if you recognise any of the people on this cover. I recognise Justin Timberlake, and I think down the bottom left there, that could be Harry Styles. Yeah, than that. this one down the bottom uh, that you said is Harry Styles. I mean, I, I he looks like my Aunt Doris. Uh, <laughs> he has a, a pretty chronic case of what I would describe as, as auntie hair. Uh, but you referred to Justin Timberlake uh, before. Yeah. Justin was a member of a band called NSYNC. And uh, what's interesting about NSYNC that they had a manager called Lou Perlman. And by 1998, they'd sold about 10 million records. Uh, and at that point in time, they were being paid an allowance by their manager of $35 per day. They were then called to a meeting to receive their royalties for their uh, to represent their massive success. Uh, so 10 million records sold, tours, all that sort of stuff, and were each handed a check for $10,000, uh, which sounds like a lot unless, it, unless you've sold 10 million records. Yeah. In case, it's not very much at all. And they immediately went to lawyers who then uh, challenged their deal uh, as such. And I think that takes us to today's subject, but based on that uh, information, uh, can you guess the subject for today's uh, discussion? Well, I think that sounds like a classic case of wage theft. Wage theft as well as crimes against music, right. uh, generally, but wage theft is uh, the subject for today's discussion, uh, and we're going to talk about some legislation. We are. So back in July 2020, we released a podcast, which was episode 159, and that touched on the wage theft bill 2020. So at that time, we, we briefly outlined uh, the, the offences and associated penalties. But now that the Wage Theft Act has been passed by the Victorian Parliament and it's due to commence operation on or before 1 July of this year. So we thought it was time to give it a more detailed overview. OK, so what does the Act establish? So the Act establishes three new criminal offences. Firstly, dishonestly withholding employee entitlements at Section 6, falsification of employee entitlement records at Section 7, uh, and failing to keep employee entitlement records at Section 8. Uh, it also establishes a state-based wage inspectorate with wide investigative powers. So the first offence is dishonestly withholding employee entitlements. And what does this entail? So what that means is that an employer must not dishonestly withhold whole or part of an employee entitlement owed by the employer to an employee or authorise or permit expressly or impliedly another person to withhold whole or part of an employee entitlement owed by the employer to an employee uh, and that the other person does so. And the second offence is falsification of employee entitlement records. What are the elements of that offence? So, Brie, in terms of the elements, the employer must not falsify or expressly or impliedly authorise or permit another person to falsify an employee entitlement record in respect of an employee with a view to dishonestly 
obtaining a financial advantage for the employer or another person, or preventing the exposure of a financial advantage obtained by an employer or another person. And what does the legislation mean by falsify records? Yeah, so the word falsify is defined to include uh, producing, making, copying or altering a record to be or that is misleading, false or deceptive, or providing information that causes a record to be misleading, false or deceptive. Uh, so for example, when an officer asks a payroll, uh, asks payroll staff to alter the number of hours an employee has worked on a timesheet or where an employer was to, if an employer was to alter an employee's payslip. And the final offence is failing to keep employee entitlement records. What does this involve? Similar to the second offence, uh, an employer must not fail to keep or authorise or permit another person to fail to keep an employee entitlement record with a view to dishonestly obtain a financial advantage or prevent the exposure of a financial advantage. Does the employer have to actually obtain a financial advantage to be guilty of these offences? No, the prosecution will just need to establish that the employer acted with the intention to dishonestly obtain a financial advantage or to prevent such an advantage being exposed. Now, all three offences mention employee entitlements. How are these defined by the Act? This is a really key point. So an employee entitlement is defined at Section 3 of the Act. Uh, as an amount payable by an employer to or in respect of an employee, including wages or salary, allowances and gratuities, the attribution of annual leave, long service leave, meal breaks and superannuation in accordance with the relevant laws, contracts of employment, awards, agreements or minimum standard. It's very, very broad. Mm. And as a criminal offence, the civil standard of evidence will be higher than it would be for a civil matter. That's right. So the prosecution must prove beyond reasonable doubt, for example, that the employee did in fact perform work at a particular time to justify payment of the employee entitlement. And another key element in all three offences is dishonesty. That's right. So dishonesty is the mental element common to each wage theft offence and means uh, dishonest according to the standards of a reasonable person. Which is an objective test. That's right, that's a fair description. It's an objective test for deliberate or reckless conduct and the, the court will need to determine uh, that an employer knew an employee was entitled to be paid particular entitlement and despite knowing this, the employer dishonestly uh, made a decision to withhold that entitlement. But what if an employee agreed to the underpayment? Doesn't matter. Uh, consent from employees for any underpayment is irrelevant where this results in employee being paid less than the minimum required by law. So how would the prosecution prove that an employer authorised or permitted an officer to withhold an employee entitlement or to falsify or fail to keep employee entitlement records? This is a really interesting point. So they must prove the employer or an officer actually gave authorisation or permission, whether expressly or impliedly. Mm, so what if the employer is a body corporate or isn't a natural person? Yeah, so if the, the employer is a body corporate and, and generally that's the case for employers. Uh, it must be proved uh, that the board of directors gave authorisation and permission. If the employer is not a natural person, uh, they've got to prove a, cult, a corporate culture existed within the employer that directed, encouraged, tolerated or led to the relevant conduct being carried out. What does the legislation mean by corporate culture? 
What's fascinating is that the legislation actually defines the term. So it's defined in the Act as an attitude, policy, rule, course of conduct, or practice existing within the employer generally, or in part of the employer in which the relevant conduct is carried out, or the relevant intention is formed. So how could you establish that such a corporate culture exists? A court could consider whether authority to commit, commit the offence was given, whether the associate who carried out the offence believed an officer of the body corporate would have authorised or permitted the offence to be carried out with the relevant dishonest intention. So now we've discussed what the offences are, what will the penalties be? So employees may face fines of up to almost $200,000 for individuals and almost $1 million for companies. Any natural person who is found guilty of an offence under the Act could face up to 10 years of imprisonment. To emphasise that point further, here's Jeremy Piven. 10 years, man! 10, 10 years! 10 years! 10! 10 years! 10 years! How does this compare to the current civil penalties under the Fair Work Act? So the Fair Work uh, Act uh, has civil penalties, uh, and if an employer is found guilty of a serious contravention, a court can impose a penalty of up to 133,000 per contravention for an individual and uh, $666,000 per contravention for companies. Are there any defences for employers? There are. Uh, it's a defence to a charge for an offence of dishonestly withholding employee entitlements if the employer proves that before the alleged offence they'd exercised due diligence to pay or attribute the employee entitlements to the employee. And does the Act define due diligence? No, that's what's interesting. It defines corporate culture, um, mm -hmm. but doesn't define due diligence. So we can probably infer from the legislation that when exercising due diligence, the employer is uh, taking reasonable steps and exercising reasonable care to comply with the provisions of the Wage Theft Act. So whether the defence can be made out will depend on the particular facts of each case? Uh, absolutely. Uh, evidence that an employer has exercised due diligence may involve considering the document management systems of the employer, the payroll processes, uh, whether the employer is engaging an expert provider to operate payroll, timesheet recording practices, the engagement of an external auditor to review payroll practices over time, evidence of action taken against officers, managers or agents if their conduct has resulted in underpayments of employee entitlements and prompt rectification of underpayment of employee entitlements if discovered. So how will these new criminal offences be enforced? So there's going to be a, a new wage inspectorate Victoria headed by a commissioner um, who's going to be appointed. It will be supported by inspectors and the authority will enforce the act through various powers to investigate possible employee entitlement offences, enter a premises with consent, notice in limited, limited circumstances and or with a warrant to search and seize documents or other things. Victoria Police might uh, enter the premises um, specified in the warrant if necessary, compel the production of documents and records, and or compel a person to give evidence, make recommendations to a range of federal bodies, such as, um, range of bodies, sorry, uh, such as Victoria Police and the Australian Federal Police, as well as accept enforceable undertakings. Now, there's suggestions of a potential constitutional challenge to the validity of the legislation, given its potential overlap with the civil penalty regime in the Fair Work Act. Can you elaborate on this? 
So I think this is something that's going to get flushed out pretty quickly. So section 109 of the Commonwealth Constitution provides that when a law of the state is inconsistent with the law of the Commonwealth, the latter shall prevail and the former shall, to the extent of their inconsistency, be invalid. Which means if a federal law covers the field already, a state law that proposes to legislate the same subject matter will be inconsistent and therefore invalid? That, that's right. So the Fair Work Act intends to apply to the exclusion of all state and territory industrial laws, purports to provide for the establishment or enforcement of terms and conditions of employment, and provides for rights and remedies connected with conduct that adversely affected employees. So it's arguable that there is an, a clear intention uh, for the Commonwealth to cover the field in respect of a number of aspects of the relationship between employers and employees, albeit confined to the civil realm. And as we know, the Wage Theft Act is substantially directed towards the enforcement of employee entitlements and the consequent punishment for failing to ensure they're paid appropriately. That's right. It has that um, focus in terms of uh, a, a criminal uh, offence, and that will uh, no doubt be the, the area for discussion as to whether uh, it covers the field, whether the federal laws cover the field uh, or not. But as I said, um, that will get flushed out, I think, quite quickly. And I think it's important for people not to rely on a constitutional question uh, in terms of the preparations that they undertake uh, as they seek to ensure compliance with the Wage Theft Act. So do you have any final thoughts, perhaps something to put our members at ease? Maybe not so much at ease. I think that there's going to be a focus on this legislation. Uh, and chances are it's going to be referred to every single time an underpayment is identified. I think organisations should view this as an opportunity to review their systems and reduce their risk, uh, including reviewing record keeping, have in place policies and procedures to effectively and accurately capture hours worked, the conducting of regular audits of the timekeeping and payroll records to ensure that staff are being paid correctly. Thank you, Stuart. Thank you, Bree. Uh, ordinarily, at this point, we would uh, we would play out with some music that was relevant uh, to the podcast, um, but playing music like in sync uh, would be a bridge too far for me. So we'll just stick with the theme song for the time being. Thanks for joining me, Bree. Thanks, Stuart. Thank you.